I've got some good news. It's rare, I know, but there's hardly any swearing in this podcast uh, with Sam Lowe's. So nothing to panic about. I think he says shit once. Oh, there you go. So if uh, shit offends you, you're better off probably not listening. If you're not, if you don't mind the odd shit here and there. Well, there's only one shit. So, well, there's a few now because obviously I keep saying shit, but you know what I mean. So, uh, enjoy. Hello and welcome back once more to Gas It Out. My name is Gavin Emmett and Neil Hodgson joining us once more. How are you today, Neil? I'm very well, thanks, Gav. Lovely day, isn't it? Well, it's beautiful. Uh, it has been. When was the last time it rained? I don't actually remember. Has it rained? Well, it, we, we've had a little bit of rain, but like next to nothing, like a little bit of drizzle in the night. But, well, well, it's pretty much not really rained properly in April, has it? Can you imagine how uh, even worse the lockdown would have been if it had been chucking it down like it normally would? Like, I know, you I know, thinking... like in January and February, it was constant rain. I know, I was thinking that. I thought, imagine if it was like November, December time. How depressing. Yeah, I'd literally be in the fetal position now, under a table, <laughs> semi-naked, sucking my thumb, rocking now, wait. with a bottle. With you're, a bottle of you're whiskey. You're always semi-naked. <laughs> yeah, with a bottle of whiskey just led next to me, a bottle of Auburn. Ooh, ooh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, I've got ooh. a uh, a bone to pick with you. Go on. And not a small bone either. Not like a. Oh, not God, like, here we go. Not like go a on. finger. What, what have I done now? Bone. I'm not. I'm talking a femur. <laughs> Um, the Chasing the Racing podcast with uh, Chrissy Rouse and Dom Herbertson. Yes. Yeah, you recorded one of those recently, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you feel... What, what's wrong? No, no, no I, you... I mean, I don't feel cheated on or anything like that. No, no, no nothing like that. <laughs> no. But apparently, um, according to that podcast, I wouldn't be listening. Uh, well, yeah. I was. Well, I was, Neil. Oh, and God. apparently, I'm a weirdo. Who and, said that? And I sit in my pants all week. And you suggested that I watch basketball. Now, all the other sports that you listed, fine. But I do not watch basketball. Just thought I'd oh. clear things up. I genuinely thought I could talk about you, slag you <laughs> off, and genuinely be pretty nasty about you. Because I thought, there's no way Gav will be listening to this. So I could just, like, just, just go for it. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Oh, well, you know. Got to, know, got to know your uh, rivals, though, haven't you? Uh, yeah, but it was great, actually, really yeah. good. And uh, they do put a good po- podcast together, do uh, Chrissy and Dom. So you enjoyed that, yeah, did you? Good. They enjoyed being yeah, the, good, the guest rather than, you know, luck. firing the hard-hitting uh, journalism at people. Well, as you know, no, the good, the, the good lads. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to have a catch-up. Time flies when you're rambling on, doesn't it? My God. Bloody hell. Hey, hey. Let's, try, let's not try and make this one uh, 85 minutes again, but I'm still reeling after Scott Reddins, I have to say, because of some of the things that, that he said. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, some other people pick up on that in the in the press in some way. Honestly, because some of the quotes, I'm thinking, if I was writing an article, that is gold. That, yeah. Honestly, it was absolute gold dust. So It was hard to pick the headline. You know, after the Scott uh, podcast, and you know, you're... You've time to think about some of the stuff he said, and I thought, God, no wonder he's popular. He's, be- he's become very popular, hasn't he? Yeah. He's got a great big fan base, and I, 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 I wasn't a massive fan before the podcast. 
And after it, I'm like, I tell you what, he couldn't have been more open, more honest, came across really well. And he's, uh, he's sort of converted me, so... Yeah, because he's always been honest. I've always been a fan. We've always had a bit of a dif- not difference of opinion because you've seen it from another side and you've seen um, someone with a lot of potential who hadn't, up to that point, quite reached the potential. And I, I think that's one of the things that, that grated on you a little bit. But still, yeah. still had this Instagram personality, that kind of thing. But... Yeah. Anyway, I just I thought he was really honest. He still has a, a laugh with everything, doesn't he? But very very serious about his racing and uh, yeah, new mature chap. So if you haven't heard that one, go back and listen to it. I recommend it. Yeah, it's quite long, but I, th- I think it's quite worth it. Um, what have you been doing since uh, we spoke to Scott? Not a lot to be honest. I've been, I did an Instagram morning with Susie. Did you see oh, that? I that didn't see yet. that. Yeah, I, I, I missed Yesterday. it actually. And what? what it's a nice little thing she's got going there. She, I think every morning she does like a, I don't know if it's about 15, 20 minute sort of at nine o'clock live on Instagram, chatting to people, just a relaxed, t- typical Susie, just really relaxed, fun. And uh, it's a nice little setup. So if you want to follow Susie Perry, if you don't already see, uh, follow her on Instagram, I think she's, well, I know what she is. She's Susie Perry 100. What's that all about? That's my number. Yeah, I've got. I always I was a bit suspect about that. Yeah. Did, did she get you to do a headstand? Is what I want to know because she's got Alex Lowe's and uh, his wife Corinne to do one. Thank, thankfully, no. <laughs> because I, I, don't, I just I, want to see it just for human value. I, just, I don't. I don't know if I'm. Up, up, I don't know if I can do that. I've done a headstand since I was in infant school. <laughs> hey, um, the. Um, if you can hear a noise in the background, I don't know if you can hear it, Neil, but they're still cutting the trees down opposite. They're still lopping Mate. the tops off them because they had to stop the other day because there were too many cars left on the road. They couldn't work out who they belonged to uh, and they're still getting around the corner. Are they uh, making a mess of it? Oh, my goodness me. Have you been Yesterday, out? So, you know, you've got a, a line from your, your house, the telephone line, to the telegraph pole, right? Yeah. Not that I have a telephone, but, you know, they were lopping branches off and one of them landed on the one I was just watching it outside the window at that point on the telegraph pole and properly gave it a yank and there was this clatter in my house I'm like what on earth's going on so uh, yeah and they still haven't lopped off the tree that's overhanging the uh, on the overhanging the pathway so I'm a, I'm a little bit miffed by that one a little bit grumpy that's yeah. not good but but I have been making up for it by pressure washing how rewarding is that? It is the most satisfying thing ever, isn't yeah, it? It is. It is. I know. It's like Instant finding a kind of like a nirvana, isn't it? It's like this sort of. I feel <laughs> like is. I'm in this kind of yogic meditation where, as the dirt gets washed off the paving stones, it's amazing. So I cleaned my, up my. I've got a little wall in front of the house, uh, and I cleaned it all up. But problem, rookie error, backsplash. Absolutely covered. I, I uh, cleaned my girlfriend's car and it's white and I covered it in dirt. Oh my God. What Made a idiot. mess of it. And then on the other side, my car, which is covered in tree dust, I also covered that in a lot of dirt. So I've got that to do. That's my job for today. The problem with it though, Gavin, is it's one of them where where do you stop? Because once you start cleaning, power washing, oh. you realise how dirty everything else is. Yeah. My problem is... I've done all, I did all my path and driveway and all that lot. And then I'm looking at my neighbours and I'm like, oh, theirs looks really dirty now. And my neighbours are really, really old. 
I'm like, should I go around and do it? I cut the grass for them. I'm not saying this to get sympathy, to help them out. And then I'm like, should I power wash them? And then I'm like, hang on, if I power wash then all theirs, then the neighbours next to them's drive looks dirty as well. And they're really busy because I've got like a young family. Should I be doing this? So I'm like, I've got this dilemma of where do you stop power washing? Yeah, just stick with it. And do you know what the tendency is? Is to go a little bit too hard on it. And if you've got um, mortar in between bricks and, and things, in bet- you've got to be careful, haven't you? And all yeah. your pointing. Yeah. You've got to not go uh, too heavy on it. Uh, one thing I uh, learned, not I quite learned quite a lot from the Chasing the Racing podcast, was that it'd been 30 years since your first race on tarmac. Yeah. 30 yeah. years. How Unreal, old are you? I know, I know. Well, Actually, when they said it, as soon as they said it, I thought... I remember I started the Easter weekend, 1990. You just think, where has that time gone? It's bizarre. Bear in mind, Scott, it is bizarre. Scott but Redding I mean, is 27, and Sam Lowe's, who we're speaking to today, wasn't even born, nor was Alex. No. How Incredible, you, isn't how it? How old do you feel? How old do you feel? I f- I f- well, I feel about 25. That's the problem. That's the issue I've got, as you know. Um, but it, it's, it is strange, isn't it? You look back at... at, at, at at things like that, that, that you're like, I can't believe I'm actually that old. I'll be like 50 in four years' time. But I feel 25. And I feel, I feel as fit as a fiddle. 60. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon Ramsay. Hey, someone, um, who's, someone who doesn't look back a lot, I think, is Sam, our guest today. We've spoken to his brother, Alex, <clears throat> and there's clearly a great sibling rivalry between the pair of them and a great... Uh, partnership great duo aren't they to always have uh, together but he is like uh, an ever ready eddie isn't he he's a he's properly always positive upbeat and looking ahead towards the future despite all the bad things that may have happened he's an incredible individual we're we're so fortunate because we've, we've been able to spend so much time with him you know with the, pretty much the last seven years because since bt have been uh, covering the motor gp Sam's been in the paddock, but I was good friends with him before that. I've known him since I've known him for ten years, and he's never changed. He's always been a ball of positive energy. There's not many people that have stayed over the ten years that I've known it would stay that consistent when you see what he's been through, because he's been through some big highs. You know, winning the World Super Sport Championship, you know, making it all the way to MotoGP. That's every rider's dream to make it there. And then the big lows of riding for Aprilia in, in MotoGP, going completely wrong for him, you know, being sort of spat out of the MotoGP paddock or at MotoGP class. Well, I'm but intrigued to see he's what, got, what he has to say about that, bearing in mind what Scott said to us the other day. Exactly, because we saw it when Sam was there. The, the Aprilia was terrible. It was probably even worse when Sam was there when the, than when Scott was there. But he's always had this ability to press reset incredible i don't know how he does it so much and I, I always think is it is it lying is it is it an act but because we know him so well and because we spend so much time with him nobody can lie or act that many times do, do you know what i mean it's yeah. like when they go in when they, when people go in the jungle everyone's good for about five days aren't they and then you see the true personalities come out well you mean, well, you mean king carl's jungle King Carl, yeah, 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 King Carl, King Carl. Hey, we're going to get him on here, aren't we? We've talked about getting him yeah, on. Yeah, let's get the fog on. We'll have to do that. Get, getting King Carl on. But, um, but it's not an act. That is Sam. Sam's personality is the glass is half full. I'm on it. I'm going to give it everything. You only live once. A little bit like the John McGuinness, like John McGuinness said, would you rather have 
50 good years and die or 60 boring ones. Mm. Well, Sam's like, he'd rather be on the absolute rev limiter till the age of 30 and drop down <laughs> dead. You know what I mean? Because he couldn't pack more into his life, could he? He's a, he's a superb individual. Yeah, great lad. Uh, Sam Lowe's, of course, riding Moto2 this year. Uh, the only one of the field, actually, though, that didn't ride in Qatar at the opening round of the championship. Let's speak to him. Hello. Hello, hello. How are we doing? Not too bad. How are you, Samuel? Good. Good, thank you. Good to hear from you, and I promise not to uh, take my bra off for you. No, well, I was just thinking last time on Skype, it was quite a few years ago, I was at school. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but, but how does that equate to getting your uh, boobs out? Well, well, not mine, it's from on the other end, preferably. <laughs> well, I'm, what, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to, but Neil Hodgson has promised he will. <laughs> Considering we're in lockdown, I take anything at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, have you got? Have you got your top? How are you doing, mate? Have you got your top off? What's going on? Are you doing some bicep curls? Well, I'm in the house. So I've just, I'm just. I'm naked at the minute. That's all right, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's not weird. No, that's not weird. <laughs> Instantly creeped out at the start. Hey, Sam, I've already got so windy, with him without his top on. Exactly, Sam. So the window cleaner's there, and you've got you just walking around naked just to make everyone feel. Well, uh, yeah, I'm sat near the window. I'm hoping they turn up. They're not here yet. <laughs> I don't think Late. we're going anything. No, no. How are you guys doing? Very well, thank you. Uh, doing what we can. It's all right that the sun's yeah. out. Makes a difference, doesn't it? But keeping yeah. busy, which is the main thing. Yeah. I don't know about Oji. Yeah. It sounds like, to me, he's chomping at the bit, to be honest. He's had to put the plastic sheet on his bed. <laughs> <laughs> Not for oh, the first time. time is it? <laughs> um, how, how are you finding it, Sam? Because we know you are a massive bundle of energy. So not being yeah. allowed to go out um, only for for maybe a, a run or something once a day. How how are you dealing with yeah. that? Um, not too bad, not too bad. Um, I'm in England at the minute in Castle Donington, so right near the race circuit, literally one k away. So I was running the other day, and I keep running past the entrance to the track. That's the worst bit. Thinking I'd look, especially when the weather's nice, because I want to get out there. But uh, I've got my fiance and my daughter here, so they, that's. Uh, and my daughter's growing up, so it's not, that's nice. But, um, yeah, I do want to get back to it, really. I bet you do, but uh, that's great. You've got uh, Marina and Catherine there. That makes a difference, doesn't it? That, that Because, obviously, Marina... Hang on, well, hang on. Hang on. What, what's her name? What? <laughs> yeah. Catherine, Neil. You're not spelling it like that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> hey, tell, tell them the story, Sam. So, obviously, um, me and Neil are close. Well, we're all close. And uh, I was, when I told Neil I was, uh, you know, I was having a baby and everything, it was... Oh, good. I said, I've got one problem. And he looked at me. He was in Alex's motor. I think it was in Imola, actually. Was yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. And uh, it was, Alex was in there as well. So he was already, oh, he's already chuckling. I said, oh, you know, um, we're going to name, because it's going to be a girl, we're going to name it after Marina's uh, mum, if that's okay. And uh, But her name's Catherine. And Neil started laughing. And, and then it was a bit, not awkward, but a little bit silent. And he goes, well, you're not really going to call it Catherine, are you? I said, why, why not? <laughs> I'm cheeky. <laughs> no, but I knew he's the only person out of all my friends that I didn't want to tell. Because obviously, I mean, I don't know how to word this, Neil, but your ex-wife, that's the, best, that's the nicest way to say, is, is called Catherine. Yeah, yeah. And it's spelt the same, isn't it? It's spelt a funny yeah, way. Yeah, it's not even it's quite a funny spelling, yeah. So it's the whole thing was, was quite... 
I just said I was said to me I can, I'm happy to tell everyone that I, Neil's not going to be happy. But he <laughs> was too bad. Hey, Gav, I'm like I'm I'm like I can't believe it. You can't you can't. You can't that, that. Your beautiful little d- that, daughter. Further than that, when I when I said I was dating Rooney, he wasn't he, he wasn't that sure about that either. <laughs> <laughs> That's embarrassing. That's awkward. <laughs> I think we better not go down this route road, road anymore. I'm, I'm all being put off by it. All put off kilter. Uh, but it's good that you've got him over because she's Italian, isn't she? And so yeah. when this all started, yeah, family, you're in, harder, but you're in Qatar exactly. So how are they, how is she finding it being away from home? Um, obviously. Nowadays, it's a lot easier with the FaceTime and the Skype and stuff. But she's uh, in Italy. They're not not allowed out for even exercise. So I mm. think her brother and dad and that are struggling on a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's tough times, isn't it? We're, we're we're lucky here that we're all together. And uh, the worst, one of the worst things is not being able to see Alex because obviously we're, worst you know, things. But yeah, you miss him in a nice way. But you have been, see, you have been he setting never goal challenges. I was about to say, um, we had Alex on. Do, really. You know we had Alex on here, don't you, Sam? We've already yeah, yeah. Uh, spoken to him. And, um, yeah, it, what about the golf challenges? How's that going between you both? Well, all right. We just sort of fizzled out. I think we, we start the first week. We hit, the, we hit hard with all the challenges. They've sort of fizzled out now. We're only in week three, aren't we? So, <laughs> that just shows it, both it, of your retention span. Didn't really last very long. It's one or two forward and back, and then it was like, yeah, that's that's enough. So, yeah, I don't know. I've got a, a, a golf net in my garden, so I've been hitting into that. But so it's, he's jealous because he ain't got one in his. Are you um, are you all right doing that? How's your shoulder coming on? Because we know that's of course why you missed the first round. All credit to you, yeah. by the way, for for Qatar because that. First day's practice was unbelievable. Was it a second that you were off or something ridiculous? Or... Yeah, yeah, not too bad. And uh, it was because of the team, then the next day, the medics and the team decided it was best for me not to ride. Um, but I uh, I said to him, I said at the time, I said, oh, well, we may as well ride because even if I hurt myself more, we're going to have a long time off. Obviously, we didn't expect it to be as it's panned out to be. I could have probably tried. But to be honest, I wasn't fit enough to do 20 laps at that place anyway. But... It was nice to get out there. I'm glad I did now because it would have been a long time from mm. her ev test to today. But um, how, how yeah, is it shop- going? How's how's the uh, fitness now? Yeah, honestly, it's actually it's going good. There's no problems. Um, I'm not being able to get the physio and treatment, obviously, um, that I would normally get. But it's not. It's still not 100. percent I'm still struggling a little bit in, with some things, some movements, and everything. But um, yeah, it's uh, if it was racing now, I'd I'd be able to ride and be not bad. But it would have been a niggle injury for the first first few races for sure. Um, is, it, is it something similar to what Mark Marcus has had? Um, well, I broke not quite. It's the first time I've dislocated mine, so mm. not not it. His is a lot bit lot worse actually because he's had to have it reconstructed to stop it coming out. Uh, mine was the problem is that the the bone was broken at the top, but the tendon was seventy percent gone. It was only thirty percent hanging on. I know Neil's had. A lot worse injury than me on the shoulder, but it's you've really got to when you the tendon damage is worse than the bone. The bone's okay now, I'm not having any pain, it's just the tendon is still quite sore. And doctor said if I'd have crashed on that and it'd have snapped, then I'd have needed a, more of a similar situation to Mark Marquez where I had to reconstruct it all. So, yeah, you'd have been, been, yeah, you'd have been three months out then if you'd have yeah, been yeah, minimum. like, yeah, minimum exactly, yeah. minimum, but yeah. more like six months. And then it was the right thing for you not to ride, yeah, but I can understand it, your frustration at the time. Yeah, because it would have been hard to do the 20 laps and then to even get a few points would have still, you know, on Friday I was okay, but I think I was 18 because it's, you know, you're second off. Yeah, in Moto cool. two. Well, that's Moto2. A lifetime. It? Yeah, it's a lifetime. So it, it would have been a lot of effort and risk for, you know, a point potentially. Maybe yeah, and, not even. And, and in hindsight, 
you'd almost this is a blessing in disguise. And I don't know, it's such a yeah, bad time for bad the rest of the well. world I feel and everything. Bad when I talk about it. Yeah, I feel I can bad imagine. To say, no, it's for me. It's a good thing, but it, it, the little bit of time off actually is. Um, but I'm at the stage now where I'd rather have not been competitive and would be riding because it's uh, it's going to be a long one, I think. Yeah, and but you do get to spend time with your daughter. That you, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't have had this quality time necessarily uh, all to yourself um, with her. You obviously uh, with this injury. Let's not make any bones about it. It's a frustration still, isn't it? At the start of a year when you're with the Mark VDS team, which we know is the top team in Moto2. There's a a bit of pressure on here and there. You've joined the top team and then this happens. It's frustrating. Yeah, it's frustrating, especially the way it happened. It was like, I think the slowest crash of my career. Just then two and a half, I just felt awkward. So it was a a strange one. Um, But yeah, it, it wasn't ideal. But the team's... Uh, last year, when I was before I joined the team, you know, you'd have argued that it's the best team in Moto Two. Now I've seen how they work and been involved in it. It is the best team, definitely. Um, the way they work, even the way they treated me in, in this situation, has been difficult. It's been fantastic. And uh, yeah, no, when we get back going, uh, whenever that will be, it's um, I'll be in a, in a lot fitter state, and I'll, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait because the experience and the way of working of the garage is something I've, I've really not really experienced in the past. You've got a team there, obviously, that have won world championships, haven't you, Neil? I mean, we, we yeah. look at when you look from the outside and you look at whether it's been with Alex Marquez, Frankie Morbidelli, Tita Rabat, just going back, Scott Redding, you know, through through time, that team has has been made to work at a, a MotoGP level. And that's why they're in MotoGP, yeah. I suppose, for you. Exactly. Exactly. They've had so much success. They know how to win. It's a little bit like when we're talking to Brad Binder and he was on about working with Akiayo and what he learned by being with, in and around him and how he helped him with his career. Yeah. Sam's now in that position where he's joined the VDS team and this year was going to be that year where it, he, I think it will enable him to go to that next level. But thankfully, you, you've got a, a two-year deal anyway, haven't you? So they're not, it's not like yeah. no one's panicking that if you don't race, you're not going to be riding for them moving forward, I, I'm guessing. No, no, there's no problem there. Yeah, it's um, if for, for the worst case situation, we didn't get to do any racing or many races this year, then either way, we'll be with the team next year. So, no, the, the biggest thing for me is that they take a, a, so much things, not stress is probably the wrong word, but so many things out of the equation off my back. So I literally have to ride the bike and come in, give my honest opinion and, and believe in the guys to do the job. And that's something that I feel really good about. Also, when I'm at home and away from the track, you're not, you're not worried about any boxes being ticked. They're, they're, they're all, you turn up to the track, everything's ready. And the bike, even Qatar, I didn't ride all the testing, all the Qatar tests. The, first, the bike's working straight away. And that, that's a massive, massive help. What did you make then of, their, of the first round of the championship? Obviously, Nagashima's gone on and won. That's a surprise in itself. There were people up there. Yeah. Obviously, Luca Marini went right down right at the end, but he was dropping back like a stone yeah. towards the end of the race. It was a funny one, wasn't it? Yeah, really funny. Really, really funny. Um, I, I watched the race, obviously, from, from track side, uh, turn one, actually. Um, it was it was a strange race, I thought. After watching the testing the week before, looking at the long runs some riders were doing and seeing, and it didn't pan out like I expected it to. Um, the whole weekend was a little bit strange, without the MotoGP, and the, the, it was a little bit different. And then I think the fact that it was a night race, after all the testing being in the day, yeah affected it a little bit because mm. the race was, was not strange because uh, Nagashima rode mega and deserved to win but it was uh, it was different to what, what I thought um, 
some riders that I expected to get a lot of points didn't 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 really. So that's for, from my side, from a selfie side, probably quite a good thing. Yeah, I suppose so. Because Marini, Martin. Yeah, the the ones that you were, we were expecting, we were talking them up, weren't we, Neil? Before the start of the weekend, Marini and Martin were two of the names. You're thinking, yeah, well, they're in the hat. Yeah, but it's typical motor too, isn't it? It's such a difficult class. It's like a, I don't know, obviously you can answer this, Sam. Is it frustrating yeah. at times being in the class because it's so competitive and then you see riders that do break out of it, like let's say Fabio Quattararo, and yeah. they get into MotoGP and obviously their career goes forward. Obviously that happened with you, but unfortunately for you, you jumped on probably the hardest bike to ride in MotoGP, on the Aprilia, it, the, yeah. you know, we, we spoke to Scott Redding about it a, a few days ago. And what was what was his line? Um, it was unrepeatable. Uh, oh, before yeah, exactly. The watershed. Exactly. So, no, I, the thing, my feeling with the with Aprilia was the fact that the bike, whether it was bad or not, as the team was bad, the bike could have had some, you know, you could do things. But if the, it was a team and the way of working and the way of treating the rider that was difficult for well, me. Well, he felt he was being laughed at was one of the things that yeah. Scott yeah. had said. Did you feel like that? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's, it always took me a year and a half to get over it. It's, it's terrible that, that to work all your life to get to MotoGP and then arrive in that situation was really um, you know, disappointing on a personal level when you sat in a room on your own. You don't, you're, not, you're not talking anything to anyone. You just think that's just completely different to what you expect. And then... Coming back now, I'd say I'm saying I've joined this VDS team. If I'd have had that Aprilia bike with the way that these people work, you, you, not that you could have done a lot, lot better, but you'd have felt better and enjoyed it more, and the results would have come a little bit stronger. Yeah, yeah. Without, Where yeah. do you think though? With not I'm, I'm not about you know this is not about throwing loads of people under the bus. Yeah. Where do you think that problem stems from though in Aprilia? Do you think that's from the top that, with Albeziano yeah. was like, the team manager? Is it down to him? Or is it is a lots of is it like yeah, one of those teams that's micromanaged? Person, he's just a terrible person. The way he manages everything, and the, he can't. I don't think he even knows when he's telling the truth or not. But for right. me, the, it's the first problem can be a little bit that the the teams Grissini in half and Aprilia in half, and they hate they don't get on at all. So it's strange how the yeah, it's a mess to start with, basically. Yeah. yeah, so like the the actual mechanics and and the you know the tire guys and the people that drive the trucks and stuff. Are managed by Grissini, so like the running of the, the the box and the hospitality and everything, but then the bike development and the comments about the bike and everything run by Aprilia, so they just like the Grissini people arrive Tuesday, Aprilia people arrive Wednesday, stay in some fly business, you know, just just like it's two different ways of yeah. going racing, and yeah, they just don't get on. Well, and I've sort of, I've heard I've heard rumours. Um, of a couple of bits. One thing to point out is that Fausto signed you again last year, so something that says something, doesn't it, about how that year went. Um, but also, I've heard rumours that he's looking to go his own way, maybe, or trying to get another manufacturer. Probably might get their own two slots. Have you heard something around those, Neil? Yeah, well, like, yeah I've spoken a lot with Fausto about it. For me, if Fausto ran the team on his own, the results would be a lot better, even with the bikes they have now, because he can run a team and knows how to run a team, especially if they have the budget. So it's you know what it's it's just it's frustrating because it's hard to believe the might of Aprilia. I mean, it's a great manufacturer. Obviously, it's the Piaggio Group. They've got yeah. funding. I mean, think what they've achieved in in motorcycle racing. Think of the two fifty oh, yeah. era. They were the they were the they built the most beautiful two stroke two fifties. You know, in the nineties. Yeah. 
and just dominated the world, didn't they? Remember Max Biaggi winning those titles on him, on them, the Chesterfield Aprilias. I mean, they've got such a like a good racing yeah. caliber, well, so haven't they? And they come in there, and their few years with Biaggi was incredible as well. I think yeah. the, the bike has potential. So, so, thing what was strange is I felt like the people in Aprilia, every decision they made was to cover themselves, like to save their job really for the year after, which is, you know, racing's not really like that. It's just, it's a results, it's a performance sport. So you do what you have to do to get the result. And there it was more like um, a silly thing. You'll see on some pictures back, uh, say middle of the season more or less, I started using this big aero fairing, like, because they didn't have the wings. It was like a big aero in the front, real big fairing. And Alex tested it in Mazzano with me and he did about four laps. He, he come in and said, I'm never using that again. Alex did. And then, but, Roman had already made, I don't know, 10 sets or something. So I had to count, continue using it for like three rounds. And uh, all credit to LA in this. Well, all that season, actually, I have to say, all credit to him. But he stuck up for me a lot. And I think we was in, I can't remember which uh, race it was, but we debriefed all together in the approval talk, the whole team, me and LA and our, our crew. And he stood up in the middle of the meeting, it was a Friday evening, so before the Saturday, and said, if Sam is using that phone on his bike tomorrow, I'm not going out. Because he's hard enough in his class as a rookie. Why are you making him use it? It's terrible. And I thought that was nice of him, to be honest. Well, that well, says something that about is cool. Alish, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah it, 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 I have to say, all that year he was great towards me. I know, it, it, you know his hands are tied in a lot of things because obviously he wants to keep his you know, contract. In, in, but he was really had my back a little bit and that was, that was real nice. So stuff like I, that. He's you know, felt like the only one keeping him afloat, actually, over the last few yeah. years, hasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. In, in terms of uh, results so, and things they're getting. How good, Sam, how, how good do you think Aleish could be then on a, on a different, you know, if he was riding a Yamaha, for example? Um, in an, uh, Aleish rides, his style's very unique and he's very, very fast. He's got speed. Like also on the foot, remember on the forward bike, the forward yeah. Yamaha, flash Yamaha, I know it was, he, he was, he's so fast, but the way he rides, he'd be quite similar on a few bikes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he, um, like when he was on the Suzuki, he was he was strong, but Maverick was a little bit stronger. But he'd be, uh, I think if he jumped on a Yamaha now, I think he's improved. I think he works as hard as anyone on the grid. And I think that, yeah, he would he could be in the top six, top five or six and fighting for podiums. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's fair. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then you feel but, like, you do feel like you could say that about a lot of people, don't you, in, in MotoGP, that you yeah, know, I think you know the calibre, don't, don't think, you? Yeah, I think there's a little bit, you know, he won't go if he's a teammate from Maverick, like he was at Suzuki. Maverick would beat him, but mm. um, or Mark, for example. But he's a very good rider. He works hard, and he's, an, and he's a top bloke. And that year at Aprilia was hard enough, and he helped. He made it bearable in times where it was very difficult. So you know, I'm always grateful for that. Um, I wonder. We we were talking about how much self belief you have and how much confidence you have, Sam. And it never seems to be beaten out of it. But did it feel beat out of you by the end of that season? Because oh no, the the, the last two years, so eighteen and nineteen, um, nineteen a little bit different, eighteen for sure because of this little bit of issues in the team. I struggled a lot, a lot with confidence, a lot with finding the way again after Aprilia, just getting back going. And I, even sometimes now, I'm not quite at the level I was before going to MotoGP because it was a hard year that, and a lot of my the way I was, or. I perceived I was treated in the team. It lost a lot of confidence in, in my comments and in my belief as, with my riding. But now it's coming back. Obviously, joining this team has helped me a lot. And I was strong in testing and 
looking forward to it. So it is, it is, it did take a hit. Because le- let's not forget, before you went to Aprilia in MotoGP, you were fourth and fifth in the world, and you'd, you've yeah. been winning Grand Prix. You were regularly finishing on podiums, you know, you, yeah. and that's fourth yeah. and fifth in Moto Two, which yeah. we are talking about. The, the one of the, if not the most difficult class to, to rise above the parapet. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a little, I've let myself down a little bit potentially the last couple of years and you're just losing a bit of confidence. Racing's massively in, in, your, in, your, in your mind and uh, especially in Moto2 because the bikes are the same, more or less, you know. You can you can get a little bit more out of it and a little bit less out of it, but especially now KTM have pulled out, most of the bikes are, are Calics, so you can't come in and, and blame the bike and that's a good thing. But when you're struggling, it's hard, you know, to look in the mirror. You know, yeah. you've got to work better because you can get lost on the weekend and, and go out of the window. So then, obviously, the bike's the same, but setting's worse. But it's a very good class for when you're riding good and your confidence is high because you're on a, a level playing field. But when you're struggling, yeah, you do need to you need to you know, look in the mirror and be honest. Um, I think you put up on social media this week. It was five years to the day that you'd won that first ever Grand Prix at, at uh, Circuit of the Americas in Austin. Yeah. So I wonder, yeah. obviously, you were World Supersport champion a couple of years before in two, 2013. What What's the biggest, um, what's the one thing that you, you remember more than anything out of those two? Uh, of those two, I would say, um, yeah, my win in, in Austin. And something changed that day a little bit. Uh, because you know, I come into the paddock. Not everyone knew me that well from Super Sport, which is obviously not not the level of, of Grand Prix. So, yeah, to go to come and win, especially with a speed up that some people said mm. was a mistake to go with, was that was a great feeling. Just, I was very proud of myself that day. Um, especially because it was a terrible weekend until the race. I was I had a couple of crashes. How many there. crashes did you have? <laughs> I don't, don't remember. Too many, three or four. <laughs> yeah, so it was that was not good. Um, but yeah, no, I think. Yeah, definitely the win in, in Austin is one of my best. Better than the World Supersport Championship. But that is still, obviously, a good memory for me, the Supersport. Of course it is. I think the best, my best memory is winning in Jerez. Because I tell this... I mean, Alex always joke about this. Uh, he was there as well, which is good. But because I Jerez is a track where we all ride a lot, testing a lot. Every, or in Grand Prix, you, everyone you knows, you know, you go in Jerez testing. So to go there, and, and I won in a good way, and I wheeled over the line with my leg off, and uh, it was just something that I've dreamt about doing that. I've seen, I used to see Troy Corsa do that wheelie with his leg off and thought I'm going to do that one day, winning a Grand Prix. And I did. And that was, that was, and that's a, that was a great feeling. And yeah. Alex was there. And your and brother's there when you come back into yeah, and, pit lane. And when I won in America, my wheelie was that bad. I've caught so much shit off Neil about it. <laughs> he sort of, sort of, sort of took the edge off the wind, to be honest. It was, it was so funny because that was like, imagine after he comes in and like, it's one of the first thing he says to, he, he, he said to me was like, uh, the wheelie was shit, wasn't it? And I'm like, oh my God, what happened with the wheelie, Sam? Because Sam, Sam is the king of wheelies anyway. So it was like, I was expecting like the most perfect wheelie and it was like, oh no, it was a bit of a poor one. Oh, it's but, poor. Now Alex has got that picture of me crossing the line. So with the check flag in the background in, on the, the speed up in beta colours it's nice but the weed is terrible it really is. <laughs> so it's like a, a bit of sweet looking at the picture but um, no it's a funny funny joke and that was also going back quickly I do love doing wheelies but I could never wheelie the Aprilia because of the way the electronics and that was so that was that was another negative point of that <laughs> <laughs> well that's the that's the worst of the lot like- it doesn't matter whether it's fast over a lap <laughs> if he doesn't wheelie what's the point of it <laughs> have you been Sam have you ever been told off a team to not wheelie for the bikes <laughs> you know, a little bit from um, 
so uh, matter two, the the company that do all the engines is Trevor from Extern Pro mm-hmm. and uh, top bloke, real top bloke. And he uh, the first year, no, the second year is when I was with Speed Up. He come to me and I must have been doing a few wheelies and I think it was where was it? And I'd wheelie the whole straight and he come and he just sort of said to me, look, you, you can't for the oil and everything. Can you not do that as much? I was like, oh yeah, okay, but. I still did them anyway. Obviously. Trev, Trev, <laughs> Morris, remember, Trev Morris being the killjoy. Blooming heck. I remember, Gav, you like this story. I remember when Alex Lowe's, when he first signed for like the official Honda team in England with Harvey <laughs> Beltram, and it's a great team, obviously, really experienced. And they'd said to him, because they'd seen him the year before pulling loads of wheelies, and they went, you know, like, whatever you do, you know, when you're with us, we, you can't be wheeling the bikes. And certainly not, like, proper long wheelies like you've been doing. It's not good for the engines at all. And Alex was not happy at all. So he turns up at the very first test for the at Gadwell Park, goes out of the pit lane on the bottom round, comes out, like, does a full lap, then comes out of the last corner, born, puts it on the bow wheel. All the way down. All the way down the start and finish straight, stood up, wheelie. And it's like... It's like, basically, I need to wheelie. I need to enjoy riding my bike. I've, I, I want to pull wheelies. I'm sorry. You know, like, it's, it's an important thing to me. Can, can you imagine that? There's no that telling a bike racer. He, he said that to me. He said, well, it, Honda, you know, he's a great team and Harvey's a great guy. But you know, they are a little bit strict, which is, which, is, which, is, which is good. He's professional. But Alex said, I had to do that straight away just to set, set the stall out for the year. Then there was going to be a little bit on the limit. So that was it. Did he, did he tell the story about when he was in a hat... Uh, a Honda event with Jason O'Halloran in a Honda car. No. They did a Honda dealer day and uh, Alex was with Jason. I think Jason was super stock at the time. I don't think he was his teammate. And uh, playing, and Alex gets in the car and Harvey and Jason are in the back. Alex is in the front. And it's a big line of people. And Alex gets on the grass and starts spinning this Honda Civic around. And he, he's got, Jason and Hon- Harvey couldn't even speak. They was like that. <laughs> Alex is just laughing about it. <laughs> Just loving it. Yeah. Hey, haven't you got a bone to pick with him? Anyway, I've been hearing about how you, you talked about that win in Hereth and Alex was there to celebrate with you in pit lane, but he blanked you, didn't he? That... Oh, it's the best thing. I wish I had the footage, honestly. Explain in, what in, happened. Explain explain so why in, you're 2-0 uh, up. So in, in uh, 2010, it's around the time we started to know Neil well as, as well. It was... Uh, That's when everything went downhill. And, <laughs> yeah, that's what, yeah, that's where it started going down. Yeah. Uh, Franzach, it was um, the Indy, first round of the year, and uh, I managed to win, which was uh, the first winning British Championship from a year before there was like a family run team, so quite a big step, first round, and uh, and I had a win. So I came and I was coming to the end of pit, and Alex had walked down, you know, Brands, this podium's like more near the start, start and finish line, so he'd walked up the, up the pit lane and he was sort of right near the end where you, where you come in. And as I came in, I seen him there, stopped, obviously a big embrace, some tears, because it was, at the time, you know, a big step for us to, to win in, at that level. And uh, it was a great moment. Then, uh, a few years later, it would have been 2012, I think, at Silverstone, Alex did, uh, no, he didn't. He won the first race, Jakey won the second race, but Alex came into pit lane, it was his first win, WFI he was riding for. And uh, I thought, right, I'll go down. Before the podium, so like get out of the way of everyone, so we can have a bit of a bit of an embrace. Alex comes in, stood on the pegs, nice with a number one. So uh, he says he didn't saw me, but he definitely did. Just rather than slowing down, he could have easily stopped. He just stayed up on the pegs with his finger up. That was it. And on, on the Eurosport, you see me like 
put my hands up, and then just sort of try and style it out as he disses me and keeps going past. So it's quite a funny comment. And then in, in Harev, Matt Utui was there and did the same thing, stopped before the Pot Fermi. So it's 2-0 at the minute, yeah. It's he good. Blanked it's just, he blanked I wish we had footage, though, because it was the way that I was there with my hands up, and I tried to, like, style it out, but it's terrible. <laughs> so it's one of the not, classics. Not, you were just doing my yeah, hair. I was just, just doing just my hair. Numbers. It's not just the numbers, but it's the fact that he probably got me on telly as well, just getting this. <laughs> There's no need for that. I want to know though. Do you know what he said to me? Obviously, I know I know you both very well. Obviously, he said it was all to do with the. It's all about the top bunk. Yeah. You had the top bunk, so <laughs> basically, he's not going over that. No, it's just it's, I'm older than him, and I had the top bunk. That was it. Yeah. He, I'm older than him. Not kicking the bed in that because I used to tell a lot of stories. When we obviously growing up being twins, when we had a bit of a smaller house, we had bunk beds, and I was always on the top bunk, and that was it. I just kept kept that superiority over it until now. He said you kept making stories up. Yes, he's making them all up. I've, I've got I've got I'm great at storytelling. <laughs> wait, till, wait till I'm finished rating. I'll tell everyone how fast I used to be. I'll be even better then. <laughs> hey, you'll have to be you'll have to go some to beat me at that. No, no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> hey, we got Alex talking a lot about you, and obviously he was uh, very proud of his of his brother, and I know you both are. But what about uh, him? And what he's doing in World Superbikes, because you, you you have diverged in terms of your careers now, haven't you? You, I mean, you were in the Supersport route, and then you've gone over to, to Grand Prix racing. He's stuck to more yeah. the Superbike route. Um, what yeah. about how how he started in Phillip Island? Yeah, not bad. I think it was it was a good first round. Not and bad. Yeah, obviously, me and him are, are really close, and the, the, obviously, I want him to do the best. You know, it's like it's like having. I want him to do as well as me. You know, we are exactly the same. And yeah, to go to the first round, joining the new team. Obviously, the team's the team's great. We spoke a lot in the winter about it after the testing end last year, and me joining my team, him joining his new team, and we're both in a very lucky position where we've got you know championship winning teams. And um, yeah, I knew I, it. It didn't actually go. I won't say go to plan because he was always consistent and strong, but with his feet on the ground in testing. But he didn't get that many dry laps, and he wasn't that sure how competitive he would be at the first race. Neil knows as well. And uh, but I could tell a little bit after the test in Phillip Island before the weekend that he was, I think he was somewhat like 10th or 11th at the test. And I could just tell talking to him. Because he's not there, it's hard to, hard to understand. But I thought he seems quite relaxed. Mm. So I, I won't say anything, I'll just let it pan out. And then, uh, yeah, nearly won the first race. So. Shows that testing doesn't mean too much in the end, I guess. But he um, he's improved so much in the last two or three years. I was going to say, have you seen that? Have you seen him change? Have you seen him improve? Yeah, in every aspect. You know, he had some very hard times, like I'd say years, you know, 2010, 11, 12. Uh, it was harder for him because it was not simple for us. He didn't have a ride one year and then some rides fell through. And it's just, it's just you know, racing can be. It's difficult sometimes. And uh, I think... He's just step by step improved. Nobody works harder than him. Obviously, I see that firsthand. But he, he really, you know, he's fit as like he needs to be, and he's, he's everything. He just leaves no stone unturned, and I really respect him for that. And see how hard it works on every aspect. And there were some years where he's making some mistakes, and then he improved that. And then it was you know, riding wise, and now with the team, just made another step. And to go to the first round and put that sort of performance on, I think is. Um, yeah, I'm really proud of him, but just it's not unexpected because the way he's sort of evolved over the last years, I think went a little bit unnoticed because obviously Johnny was so 
and it's so amazing every year. And also Bautista last year come in and was, you know, also incredible. So, it, you know, it's sort of not overshadowed, but just went unnoticed. And, yeah, I'm quietly confident that he can really put a great season together when, when it's all go again. Yeah, we hope that happens. We all we all want it to uh, to work for the pair of you. To be honest, if uh, if that's not uh, stating the obvious too much. <laughs> no, but also working with Neil, I, I can see from the outside. I know Neil's on here, and we're all close, but it's really helped Alex. And you know, experience is something when you're younger, and people tell you about experience, it sort of goes in one ear and out the other. You don't really, it's just a word. But as you get older and you see things happening and where you've improved or where you need to improve, and I see the way like even Alex and Neil work. It's, it's, it's invaluable talking to someone that has that information and not just talking about it, but they've had them feelings and been there. That's what Alex is. I feel like he's made another step in the last few years. And that's so, yeah, I have to say thank you to Neil for that as well. Oh, you, don't, you don't have to thank me. I've enjoyed the roller coaster. It's been amazing. From the first moment I met uh, you two at the George White Open weekend, it's been nothing but an absolute pleasure. But what was well, it? Go on, just quickly, while we're on about that, because you thought we were the lads that wear the levers around, if this was a video chat, I was going to put my levers on. Like, oh, my I'm God. I'm always in a nail. And a bandana. <laughs> yeah, we had that story with uh, with Alex. Hodgie's oh. insistent. He's insistent. No, no. I think I'm, I'm confident now it wasn't you guys, but it was that was funny. It was, it was funny. The funniest thing about that, I don't know if I said it, but was we, we sort of spent the day together and then we all stayed at this hotel and then everyone got changed, but they had the team uniforms on before they got changed. So I'd like got to know them over the day. And then they both had the shower and put casual clothes on and came down and I had no idea who I was talking to. <laughs> Not a clue. Didn't know if I was talking to Sam or Alex because you look so similar. Now, you, obviously... You must you, have some tales of that, Sam, over the yeah, years. Yeah, we need to know. When, um, that's where I was oh, leading. With Come on, give, give us some tales. Uh, when we was younger... <laughs> The, um, <laughs> yeah, we have are these family friendly? <laughs> well, I won't go into too much detail, so they are family friendly, but there's a, quite a few people around Lincoln area that will probably watch that first round of World Superbikes. And uh, to make it family, family friendly, I'll say, oh, I've, had, well, I've been out on a date with that guy. It's just one that when they haven't, they've probably been with me, but I might have had a girlfriend at the time, so I had to use an alias and be Alex. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I've definitely done. I've I've done better out of the situation than Alex because he definitely didn't use it as much as me. But yeah, why that, does that not surprise me, Sam? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm Alex. Oh yeah, he probably's a bit of a nobody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can just <laughs> picture it. Can you? Instead, that's. I think I've definitely said that about myself. That's great. Yeah, you call yourself a knob. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that sounds a bit of a knob. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. No, when we, when we used to live with mum and dad, Alec was, we had separate bedrooms and the bathroom was near my bedroom, so we had to go past. So a few times he'd go to the toilet and like knock on the door and I'd try and go back into his room and start kissing the chick, but most of the time they'd notice. Not always, but most of the time. <laughs> Is that because you used to shake the hands and go, hello, nice to meet you? <laughs> yeah, no. One of them, she, and we said, how do you notice? And then the, the girl would plow well, Alex wouldn't just go straight in for a kiss like that. So I thought, that was great. That was nice. (laughs) (laughs) You've always been forward, Sam. You've always been forward. I was single then. I would say that at the time. Yeah. Love it. Just point that out. How easy is an uncle anyway? Yeah, good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's good. We've been on FaceTime this morning to him, actually, because he's only around the corner, but obviously with everything. So we've been on FaceTime. I've bought Catherine a little golf set. She's been hitting that around the house this morning. Brilliant. Causing havoc. 
she going to be? A, she's going to be a sports person too. I don't know. She, the minute she really likes the horses on the telly, but I'm not into that, so I keep trying to turn it off, change the channel. Uh, that's an expensive hobby, like right horse, there. Uh, Just ask Sylvan Ginterly. Yeah, that that is expensive. Hey, Gav, I think it's time for my questions. Oh God! So, Here we what go you think? again. The hard hitters. Yeah, go on. The hard hitters. Yeah, I'll let you have it. I do always let you have it. Go on. Sam, I don't know if you've listened to some of the podcasts, but I expect you know, he we... has. I expect he has, Neil. Yeah. Sam, but you know we have a bit of small talk, but then I get you know I do a bit of a quick fire round and just get to you know just so people can really get to know you. <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah, of course. Right. So, what's your favourite drink? Alcoholic? A Disarano and Coke. No, it's not. Come on, really? <laughs> like, like, no, what's I said? What's your favourite drink? You not knew what, the answer what's... to that. Yeah, I know. You've bought this reply already, so I'm not having it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, that's not a, that's not a man's drink. No, what's your favourite drink, really? Go on. Oh, you've got. I, I love that. It, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Sam is the only man I know. When you go to the bar, it's like yeah, Di Serrano and Coke. When, when when you first said it, when we were out, I'm like, what? And it's the sweetest drink you've. Oh my god, it's awful. Sweet uh, yeah. like me, you see. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. Well, not now, but in the past, that used to be my line on the way in. But now, <laughs> order the drink. Sweet. Fine. Right. So, um, who did you have on your wall as a kid, Polster? Rossi and Chris Walker. Yeah. Yes. Sorry. Hang on a minute. Yes. Hang on. It seems to be. There's a, there's a, sorry. There's a cross oh, that's line. Just made, that's made this whole podcast right there. There's well, a, that's getting one one. It's backfired. There's, it's backfired. There's a cross Neil. line. Hang on, sorry, Vic shouts me. I think my lunch is ready. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm gonna have to go. I think right, you should be um, getting your coat. Who's got me on that before as well? <laughs> who's the strongest? You or Alex? Ooh. Alex. Alex. No, you're yeah. stronger than him. There's yeah, only one. Yeah. In a minute, I've got half a shoulder. Yeah, bench press king though. Yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. You've got the well, shoulders. I'll just tell you this story really quickly. So it was about 2016. Maybe seventeen. Aragon. Aragon. Uh, Thursday night in whose motorhome was it? Oh, Alex. Alex, Alex was riding. That was <laughs> it. Alex was riding as a as a replacement for. Who was he replacing? I should know, shouldn't I? In Tech Three. I want to say yeah. Bradley, but it might not have been. Yeah, was it Bradley? Yeah, it was Bradley. He hurt his leg, auntie. Yeah. And he did a few. If you remember, he did a few MotoGP races. Anyway, so it's Thursday night. Small talking, having a bit of banter in the motorhome, and someone said something about, "I bet you can't do fifty press ups, or I bet you can't do thirty <laughs> press ups, or whatever." That's what the conversation was going round, and Sam just chirps up, "Hey, I ain't gonna press up for ages, but I could, I could easily now just do a hundred press ups, no problem at all." And I'm, we're all like, "No way!" Anyway, muscles himself gets down and boshes out a hundred press ups. Right, so the next day I see him, obviously free practice one, and he's like. Honestly, don't come anywhere near me. You can't even touch my chest. It's that sore. Like, and it, it, it was sore all weekend. And that weekend, do you know what the result was, Gav? Go on. He won. He was, wasn't Destroyed it? Destroyed them. Say, yeah. That was one of his grand, that's, that was grand Prix win number three. Yeah, I need to start doing other press-ups then. Oh, God, I was going to say. How funny was that? <laughs> right, anyway. Um, you have something to work up against. Uh, go on, then. Qu- questions. All oh, right, okay. If you're having a big night out, you're having a bit of a party, um... What name five riders, past or present, that you'd like to like go out for a beer with? Um, Alex, 
Yeah. Shall I, shall I take him out? Yeah, take him out. That's a given. Yeah, okay. So, um, good. Neil Hodgson. Way the lads. I mean, it's going to be over early, isn't it? Hey, I forgot my wallet. What? <laughs> the expensive night for me, carrying everyone. <laughs> yeah. Good question. I'd say Neil, Leon Aslam, Cal, um, LH. He won't yeah. drink a lot, though. He'll probably cycle there. <laughs> um, and Barry Sheen. Oh, good one. Good one. I like that. Yeah. Sounds like a decent night, actually. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'd be to bed early, obviously. Usual. Um, That's what I thought, because I thought if you, you, you'll be there, then you'll be away early, so then the rest of us can share a taxi. Then the rest of you can yeah. have a good laugh. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Nasty. Um, who is your favourite? This is the main question. Who's your favourite BT pundit? Without doubt, it's Gavin Emmett. Yes. <laughs> There's only one. What about Gav's legs? In all Have you fairness, ever seen... Gav does a mega, mega job. He is a legend. Do, Gav does as well. I know. Gav's a legend. What about his calf muscles? Have you ever seen calf muscles like Gav's? Honestly, him and Phil Nicholson, they've got the best two in the world, I think. Or four yeah. between. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, you've got when you're holding up this kind of weight, it's important to uh, have some low down strength, you know, for your centre. Is that what it is? That. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Is there um, another question? No, that was it. Sorry, Sam. He was hoping. He was hoping. He was hoping for Neil Hodgson. Yeah. Story about um, the visa email for. Uh, yeah. Oh my God, that had me laughing. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> so we were on. Uh, Alex got married a few years ago, and we was I was organising. I mean, he finally acknowledged that I was the best man. I think he had to, but... So I was the best man, organising all the, the stag do. We went to Miami. So I had to sort all the visas and stuff I offered for the guys. So I just said, send all the... I was texting Neil. I think I was in Japan at the time, texting Neil. I said, oh, um, just send me your details to my email address. So he says, what's your email address? So I replied to him. I said, it's it's stalker's biggest fan at gmail.com. <laughs> but, it was, <laughs> but it was just off the cuff. Like we weren't talking about anything, it was just straight back to him, so it got a giggle, didn't it? It was just it was just so you. It was just a funny like just typical Sam's one liners are legendary. We talked about it a bit with Alex. Alex is like, Yeah, but they're not funny when you've heard them for twenty <laughs> <laughs> years. <laughs> Me and Gav still love them, don't we, Gav? Yeah, we do. It doesn't take much though for us, does it? It doesn't take no. much at all. Uh, but you well, are I'm right, you are right, years, Sam. Everyone was on Stalker's side. So yeah, well, it's a fair all, point. I, all I know is that the turning point, there was a turning point. Oh, I know what he's going to say. Was, because to tell you what, sometimes you've just got to say, look, no more Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sam and Alex, Gav, absolutely rip it out of me constantly. Because well, that, that was a slogan Roger Burnett came up with, as you can imagine. Roger was my manager. He's Sam's manager now. Great guy. But he, he has ideas, does Roger, occasionally. And then it's like, oh, that's it. We'll get some T-shirts made. No more Mr. Nice Guy. And anyway. Yeah, I've, actually, seen, what... I've seen an interview with you in the matter home. And then you just say, look, I woke up one day. And I, no, I, was, I, and I just thought, no more Mr. Nice Guy. No more guy. Mr. Nice Guy. <laughs> and... <laughs> I'll be, I'll be sat with Sam and Alex and they'll go, so tell us about it here one more time. So you walk up and what? You just thought, no more Mr. Nice Guy. And I'm like, all right, piss off. <laughs> <laughs> Was this before or after the elocution lessons? 
Oh my god. Oh, I'm embarrassing it. Well yeah. awful. I'm not even right, going there. You've got to have these stories. You've got to have one up on you there. Exactly. And right. And, and you can always know, Sam, that, that we were just revealing before that it's thirty years since his first race on tarmac. So he's actually been racing on tarmac longer than you've been alive. Yeah. That's quite a bit, isn't it? That's, I know. It's disappointing. How'd you get on in your first race? Uh, pretty steady, to be honest. It wasn't impre- it wasn't that impressive. Yeah, mine won't either. No. It's funny, my dad videoed it as well, and it's horrendous. I'm going down the back straight at Langbar, and because I'd done motocross, and I used to power shift at motocross, where you keep the throttle open, and you just change gear on the clutch, and all you could hear me <laughs> was going down this straight, going, <laughs> it just sounded well weird. It took me a while to get the hang of that. Well, you, got, you got around it. Sam, yeah. what are you uh, what are you going to be doing now? Um, we don't know how long this lockdown's going to last. We don't know when we're going to get back. How are you dealing with that uh, lack of certainty, lack of knowledge of, of when we're going back racing? How, yeah, do, you, how honestly, do you process it? Yeah, honestly, that's the thing. I was I was talking to Marina this morning. It's, I'm still training every day. That's that's easy, and also it's nice that we can still have the hour out of the house and, and get out. But it's it's a little bit. It's the first time in my career actually, or that I can remember. Well, you don't have a date because you know you finish one season and you've got a couple of tests, which is nice. Then it's Christmas, but even then, you work into, for example, normally for us it's a test on the tenth of Feb or the 9th of Feb in Harev. So you've got a date, then you've got your calendars for the year. So it's quite you know, and you pick what, what you're going to do, and you you know that your fitness-wise, you've got to peak at that point. Whereas now, if it's, we don't know if it's going to be July, August, September, or 2021, so that's the only thing I don't want to not burn out that's not the right word but I don't it's hard the first time I've really had that no sort of fixed point but I, I, weirdly Sam there's been loads of times in my life I've not had a date but that, that's something else altogether yeah you know. <laughs> awkward sat alone isn't it <laughs> it's, it's well crap in it school disco <laughs> on your own but anyway you know but when you get back get... when you get back are you going to be in the mix again yeah I've just had <laughs> there we are. thank you very much Two years sabbatical, that's all. But now I've had, I've worked a lot on myself the last two years, and I feel like it's. I've had to change a lot of things mentally as well, just to just to get back. The speed wise is not that it's not, you know, Moto Two is not just about speed. Even last year, there's a lot of times I was fast. It's it's so tight. There's a lot of other variables, and it comes from myself, also from the team, but you know, mostly from myself and the attitude over a race weekend and this coincided with joining this new team will make a, a big difference and, and is, yeah, is it I'll is she or Bigo you're working with isn't it yeah mate, and, honestly I, I've not put one on him but I want to put a heart rate monitor on him because I reckon he never gets above about 25 BPM yeah I mean he is yeah he's fantastic yeah that comes from the lamb chops you see Ah, yeah. Big old sideies. That's what they're keeping yeah, rooted they are, keep him rooted to the ground but obviously There's someone with experience like he has <laughs> Someone with, experience, that, yeah. someone with experience like he has. Um, obviously, he's won a 500 yeah. World Championship, but you know he's had all the years where he's worked with Tom Lutie, for example, who has regularly yeah. you know, been in the top three in the championship. So it's got yeah. to be a boost to, to be knowing that I'm going to be working with that chap. Yeah, and also the way that he um, talks about things, the way he talks to me about my riding, what he sees, bad and good points, is, is, is positive. Also, he's given me a lot of confidence. But just the way he's so relaxed about it and he's planned, everything's planned and he's, when I need to do certain things. And that's what I've missed a little bit the last couple of years. And that'll be very, you know, you've got to peak 
especially Moto Two, got to peak at the right time on the race weekend. There's no point going out in FP1 and then chasing it all weekend. He's he's real um, calculated, but in in a good way. So yeah, I'm really happy to work with him. And uh, like I said, the team I've got a two year deal. There's no no doubt there. So that's also nice that I've been working with him for two years, especially now this year's panned out like it has. Yeah, um, so I want to know, uh, we've been having a lot of discussion about this between myself and Neil, I'm sure you've spoken to him as well about it, but are we going to be racing, do you think, before the end of the year? Um, well, I, I change daily on what I think, because some days I'm thinking, ah, oh, no problem, the next day I think I'm not sure, but I think potentially, yeah, July, August time we could start again, I think could could be realistic, but because if we're starting any late, if we're starting in September, October, I think it's difficult to have a season, I think. It's not easy. Mm. What's your What's your opinion? Well, I don't know. There's, there's, it does. I'm exactly the same. But in France, for example, they've banned major sporting events to the middle of July in Germany till the end of August. So Saxon Ring's not happening, um, and you, you don't know how it's going to be from country to country, and then travel and those kinds of things. Travel, yeah. I could travel. see. I could see them doing ten races from September, something yeah. like that. You know, pretty much back to back, having a few in Europe in places that you yeah. can that's still warm and having and moving the, the flyaways towards the end of the year uh, so you could have Australia in December and Malaysia and places like that where you can go so yeah but I'm, I'm pretty much the same Neil's of the opinion it, it's not going to happen still but we live in hope don't we and uh, I think hope's all we've got at the moment absolutely, I think, I think absolutely. Travel, travel could be the, the hard thing I mean we could do BSB I might get, I might speak to the team see if I can get a bike prepped if, they, if we travel why not, the why not? Yeah. So it's one of them. It's up in the air, isn't it? I, I just obviously the the important thing is we get through it and everyone listens to the rules so that we can get through it quicker. I mean, yeah, it's it's not easy, but I know a lot of people have family and that that are struggling. So it's you know it's more important at the minute. Yeah, completely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right, Sam. Have you got anything else, Neil? No, it's just a it's just good to hear from Sam. Boy, it is it? great to hear from him, as always. Yeah, yeah also, you know. I mean, it's it's not not in a gay way, but I miss you guys. Missing your faces. Uh, we miss we miss you. We miss, we miss you. you. We are missing your upbeat chat. To be honest, it has to be said. Um, something sorely missing. All right, we'll let you get back to uh, your missus and to your daughter, and uh, hope your your training and your shoulder can keep improving all the time because that's going to be the big uh, question mark, isn't it? Well, it'll be all right. If I could have to race now, I'd be I'd be more or less okay. So. We'll be good. You'd be gritting your teeth and getting on with it anyway. So yeah, we would be. No excuses. Thanks, guys. Nice to chat to you. Good yeah. to chat to you, Sam. You take care of yourself and uh, we will speak and hopefully see you at a racetrack soon. Yeah, let's hope so. Thank you. Cheers, see you, mate. mate. See ya. Oh, good to hear from uh, Sam, isn't it, Neil? And uh, he is always in a good mood, isn't he? It's hard to... To get even after the dark times at Aprilia in the last couple of years, as I said, he doesn't look back, does he? No, but but it's still interesting to hear him say that it feels like he's taken a two-year sabbatical. Mm. You know, it's taken him it's taken him up until now really to get over what he experienced in MotoGP, and I think that'll shock people because people just think, oh, he's had a bad season. You just go back home and you press reset, and that's the sort of things he would say to us, yeah, you know, and say to the press. But you, you you can't, Gav, I've said this before, you can't lie to yourself. So you can say it to the press, you can say it to your friends, oh, no, I'll be sound, it'll be good. But when you lie in bed at night and you think, 
maybe I'm not good enough. And once those th- thoughts creep into your head, thoughts that you've never had before, it's hard to get rid of them. Because when you start out in your career and you're just winning and you're working your way up the ranks, you're the man, everyone's patting you on the back and you're building that confidence and that self-belief. The hardest bit is when you start to get the knocks. And that's when he talks about me with Alex or, you know, experience, what does that mean? It's just a word. Well, when, you are, when you've been with someone who's got experience and had them thoughts and explains it, that this is normal. Everybody will have felt like this. Valentino Rossi will have had lots of self-doubts, believe that or not. You know, when he was with, with Ducati, was he thinking, oh, I can't do this anymore. And, you know, is it time for me to, to you know, to retire? But you have to get through the tough times. And it sounds like Sam's on the right side of it, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. And and his his own positivity will help him. Uh, through that anyway it's a shame about the injury and but hopefully that isn't something that goes on and it affects him <clears throat> because we have seen that haven't we in the past so you just hope that it, it's able to recover enough that he has had enough time um, for it to get back where he can be competitive because we know that he can be competitive and I think sometimes we've been criticised haven't we Neil for, for backing him but it only takes us to look at the those uh, couple of seasons that he had when he was fourth and fifth in the world, 2015 and 2016, where he won his Grand Prix. He was on the podium six six times each year or whatever it was. To know that, you know, he's fast in Moto2, which shows that he's one of the fastest riders out there. Yeah, and you look at the people when he finished um, in the championship, in, in the top five, who he was in and around, and people that he beat when he won his Grand Prix, you know, the three races he's won. You know, exactly. a lot of the lads that I mean, exactly, Looting. exactly, and a lot, exactly. But a lot of people that have been in MotoGP now, and that you know, that people think are gods. He's beaten Fabio Quartararo more times than Fabio Quartararo has beaten him. For example, you know what I mean? It's like it's like Sam's an incredible rider. We we've never questioned his talent, and it does make me laugh that we have been criticised for bigging him up. I don't know what we're supposed to do. What should we do then? Criticise him, knock him down. Is that what we're supposed to do? You know, we're obviously we we both me and you on a personal side are, are very close to Sam, but we don't talk about him just because we're mates with him. We talk about him because it's our job as commentators at the time to to be honest and we believe in Sam. We believe in his ability, and I I still believe that he can fight for a world championship in Moto Two. I really do. I'm not just saying that. Yeah, um, but again, I think everyone's honest enough to know there have been too many crashes, that kind of thing, and, and things haven't gone the way they should have. And I think that's uh, that much is clear. But when you have got the positivity, that turns things around that little bit, doesn't it? Um, yeah. I, there was another thing that's just come through uh, while we've been recording, that they've frozen engine development in MotoGP till the start of 2021 season. So whatever engines yeah. they've got now... It looks like that's what they'll be starting uh, next season with. So almost like it's frozen till the end of next year, effectively, on the engine, but also on the the, the fairing side, the aero side. So I think that's also um, obviously something they can develop during next year. Does that make sense? But they froze yeah. it, and for Moto2 and Moto3, frozen for, for the rest of this season and next season. Yeah, so. really good idea. There's one thing we all know when we come out the other side of this, it, the motorcycle racing is going to, it's going to look very, very different. There's not going to be, you know, lots of uh, money flying around, you know, sponsorships. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege when you can get a companies to sponsor you. So, you know, everyone, everybody's going to have to tighten the belt. So, Which the, means the, that the likes of Marquez and Co who've signed deals already, 
Yeah, Rubbing it makes you wonder if they'll be honoured, though. Yeah, I've, I've thought that. Or will they you have, know, to have a look it, at them? Because exactly, because everything's changed. I mean, Marquez is a is a is a difficult one because it's Marquez. What I mean by that is Honda aren't going to want to upset him, but everybody else's contracts it might be. Mm. Don't get me wrong, Marquez's contract they might have to sit down and say, look, obviously we we're not selling any bikes. Mm. You know, we can't pay you. It's just these. You know, if we pay, for example, if we pay you what what we've agreed we'll pay you then we can't go racing because we can't afford to go racing because we haven't got that budget. So we're going to have to cut that back. You know, everyone's going to take a hit. So yeah, it's going to be some interesting chats on contracts over the next few months, aren't there? About where yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, uh, the, the future is going. We'll, we'll try and get to speak to someone uh, in the know soon. Uh, we're actually hoping to speak to Carmelo Espeleta on the greatest race in a couple of weeks because that's coming this weekend. Good. It's the last uh, four Races and there's some absolute crackers in there this week, aren't there, Neil? So uh, I'm looking forward oh, yeah. to it this week. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the is it 2006 Estoril, the, oh. the the that battle with Valentino Rossi and Tony Elias and Kenny and Roberts just... and Kenny Roberts Jr. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was just one one of those crazy races because there were loads went on as well during the race. So yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Do you know what the viewing figures have been massive? What what what's nice to see is that motorcycle fans love to watch some classic racing and what's good is it, it, it's a bit like watching an old film where there's parts of the race that you just totally forgot about you might remember the result or, or an overtaking maneuver but the actual story of the race you've totally forgotten about so uh yeah you, you mean they're watching for the racing not not for me and you <laughs> yeah what yes unfortunately gaff oh. Okay. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll be back with a, a good one of those this weekend, and uh, and then it'll be the final, which I'm looking forward to seeing which way uh, people do vote. Uh, right, Neil. I'll uh, speak to you soon. What have you got on for the rest of the day? More painting. You seem to have painted everything. No, I'm now creosoting, Creos- which is not not nice at all. It's That's a bit horrible. smelly, but uh, yeah. yeah, I know it's horrible. Oil based, you see, and it gets everywhere, so you don't want it in your eye. It's not good on your skin neither. Are you spraying or or brushing? I'm brushing. Well, I'm rolling it on actually. I'm rolling it on, so it's everywhere. To be honest, Oof, it's everywhere. It's a right mess. Right. Oh, it's a right mess. I'm gonna go do some more pressure washing. Good lad. Seeing, All right. Then. Seeing what else I can get cleaned. I'll probably be <laughs> taking the render off the front of my house by the end of the day or something like that. All yeah. The, the seals out of my window. Yeah. Don't do that. <clears throat> no, I'll try not to. Uh, right, oh mate. Uh, good to speak to you, and thanks everybody once again for listening. Keep. Uh, letting people know you think might like it. Keep rating us as well. It all helps on uh, Apple Podcasts in particular. Uh, But I know we're on Google Play or whatever that's called, the Android system now, so it's there, and Spotify and all these things. So loads of different ways that you can listen to us. And uh, we we, uh, are really appreciative of of you listening in, and I hope that lockdown isn't proving too heavy a weight to bear. Uh, Thanks again. Cheers, Neil. Speak to you later. Cheers. Pleasure. See you soon. Bye-bye.